But Paul says in verse 5, um, that in verse 4 he talks about they had snuck in and tried to um, mess them up and all of that. But he said in verse 5, to them, talking about the Judaizers, we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So Paul says we didn't give in. Now, after this hotly debated conversation with all the apostles, they come to what I call in here this amazing statement. Because I want you to catch the scene. They're debating the truth and the full implications of the gospel. And now they come to this, what we see here in, in the text, this statement that they make in verse 10. And it says to Paul, they only ask that we remember the poor. You got to just kind of think about that. I mean, here you got, I mean, the greats, Peter, John, James. And, and you come to this statement, and then the Holy Spirit has it put in the Scripture here 2,000 years later so we can read it, understand it, and grow from it. They only ask that we remember the poor. Now, this is so interesting to me because I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, you guys are gathered together with all the things that the apostles could have told Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> this is the one that you land on. This is your parting words. <laughs> they could have said to Paul, hey, Paul, um, we see that the grace of God has been given to you, that you received this gospel from Jesus Christ. We, we can see it. It's evident. They could have said to Paul, but as he's departing from them, hey, when you leave, remember to preach the gospel more boldly. They could have said that. You know, you, 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 Paul, you, you, you're hearing from God. Obviously, he's showing up to you and all of that. But remember, when you go into all of these Gentiles and all of these pagan lands, Paul, if, if you, please remember to preach the gospel more boldly. But they didn't even to say it. They didn't say that. They could have said, um, uh, gave him a little Joe Osteen or something like that. They could say, hey, remember to tell the gym stars that God loves them and he has a great and wonderful plan for their life. And make sure you smile, Paul. You know, you have a way of looking kind of angry. But smile a little bit. They could have said that to Paul. But they didn't say that. They didn't tell him that. But they said to remember the poor. Why did they have to ask of this one reminder? Why this one? Why this particular reminder? Why not preach the gospel more boldly? Why this one? And why are the apostles bringing this one up? I mean, you just got through debating a hot conversation over what the gospel is in reference to the Gentiles. And this is what you bring up? This is what you, you put in the canon of Scripture? Why are you bringing this up, Peter, James, and John? Why are you guys admonishing Paul and Barnabas to do this? 
I believe the reason why that they're doing that and the same reason why I'm here today because it is hard ministry in dealing with the poor. I know firsthand. It is easy to overlook them because of all of their social needs, their literacy and material challenges. It's not, you can't just grow a church as fast when you're trying to do it with the poor. Uh, most of the people I interact with in Fairfield can't read. Uh, devoid of what I call family structures. Never seen a marriage, never seen a daddy. Um, I can't, you know, being back in the Birmingham and now that I'm, that, now that I'm here and seeing why, you know, um, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, the southern states lead in, in poverty, it is severe here. Very severe. And, 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 and Birmingham, outside of the Detroit, um, it's like fourth city, 30, 0.2% poverty. There's a lot of poverty here in Birmingham, especially where I'm at on the west side. And so it's not as easy. It's, it's, it, you can't, you can't just easily go into that environment and to just to, to, to really, um, grow a church overnight, to grow a church that will become particularized, that will become stable, that will become financially stable and all of that above because the poor bring all of these social challenges. They bring a lot of weight. They bring, and, 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 and so you gotta be reminded. <laughs> The apostles say, hey, we're not going to remind you of anything. But one thing we are going to remind you of, remember the poor. Because if, you, if you're not reminded of this, Paul, it can easily go past you. You can easily drive past them. You can easily not see them when you're in your restaurant. You can easily avoid them. Paul, we want you to remember the poor. Because they're easily to be overlooked. The apostles were saying, Paul, remember that God loves the oppressed, the marginalized, the weak, the poor. He loves them, Paul. Remember that. In all of your missionary journeys, remember the poor. But you know, I can see the apostles, they said that to Paul. But it's, it's Paul's response that really gets me. This is where I just like, I marvel. It's like, okay, this great apostle. And with all the responsibility that God was going to, had already put on his shoulders. And his response is just amazing. You, you got to get in the text. Okay, Paul, if you're standing in front of him, why, what's going on, what's going on, Paul, on the inside of you that make you say this statement that in the response to what? The apostles acknowledges him to do. And look at what he says. They only ask that we, to us, to remember the poor. And then Paul says this. The very thing I was eager to do. Huh? He didn't just say, hey, yeah, I'm doing it because Jesus is watching me. He's going to... Discipline me. He gonna give me church discipline. 
I'm going to be excommunicated. He didn't say any of that. He said, hey, I am eager to do it. I want to do it. It's a part of my DNA. The word eager here is the Greek word spadazzo. It means to be enthusiastic. Paul said, no, man, I'm not just doing it. I'm overjoyed. It's like I wake up in the morning thinking of how I'm going to help the poor. I'm not just, you don't, thank Peter, thank you for reminding me. Thank God for him telling you to remind me. But Peter, you need to understand some Paul says, I'm eager. I get overwhelmed. It's like going to Disney World. I'm happy. <laughs> I can't write the song for real. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm enthusiastic. I want to do this. I'm zealous for it. It's not just, I just, yeah, I'm doing it because Pastor Chris told me to go see Brother Alton, right? No, it's something deeper that Paul is trying to say in this text. He's not just saying, I'm, I'm doing it because he says, I am eager, zealous to do this. What made Apostle Paul so enthusiastic to labor to take the holistic gospel to the poor? That's where I want to just spend a little time. It's we call it urban hope preaching time. Can I preach? <laughs> Can I just step out on the <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna stay behind them. <laughs> but I want to get behind Paul's thoughts. I mean, Paul, okay, what's going on, man? You know, hey, I'm reading the text. I want to know why you're so eager. I want to know why you're so happy. Because <laughs> not everybody's happy about it. Well, you're happy. I want to know why you're happy so you can make me happy. <laughs> what's going on, Paul? Why are you so eager? So happy to do this. To take this gospel to the poor. I think the answer is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. If you have a Bible, phone, iPhone, Droid, I'm a Droid man, so a note man, that's the best phone to have. I think Jesus made that phone. <laughs> Nothing against you, iPhone folks. <laughs> I think this is what Paul understood that I want us to understand here today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, Paul says, For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus' grace, his, his moving towards us while we were yet sinners, Bound, trapped in Egypt, bound by the devil, in bondage to sin, no way out. But the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich in his eternity past with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, angels worshiping him day and night, holy, holy, in splendor and glory and majesty, He's rich, streets of gold, harmony, beauty, beyond my comprehension. He's in all of that. He's rich. He's filled up with beauty and splendor. But Paul said, though he was rich, 
yet for your sake, my sake, and everyone who's been called into this Christianity for our sake, Jesus became what? Poor. So that, by, so that you, by his poverty, Paul say, might become rich. This is the heart of the gospel. Paul said, why are you so eager? Paul said, look, I understand the gospel. I was poor. I was blind. I was, I was out of my mind. I was going to kill more Christians. But it was Jesus who's rich in mercy, stopped on that road to Damascus and knocked me to the ground and gave me eyes to see when I didn't, wasn't even looking for it. That's grace, brothers and sisters. And Paul says, you got to understand, I, w- I am poor. I was, I was desperate. I was devoured. I was blind. I couldn't see. I was on my way to an eternal depth of hell. But Jesus, who's rich in mercy, he becomes poor, comes down to our neighborhood. Didn't have a place to lay his head. They plucked his beard. They despised him. They killed him. They beat him. They put a spear in his side. They nailed him to the cross. He who was rich became poor so that I can become rich. And I think this is what's going on in Paul. Paul says, This is the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is that we're all poor. We're all beggars. But God, rich in mercy, calls us, makes us alive. But how does that happen? Paul says, Jesus. So Peter, James, and John, thank you guys for reminding me. But I have no problem going to the world. Bringing the gospel to the poor. Thank you guys for reminding me. He says, but I'm not just doing it because I know I need to do it. But I'm enthusiastically, overly zealous to do it. Because it just reminds me, that's me. I'm that beggar. I'm the guy that was blind. I couldn't see. I'm the guy that was held in bondage. But he who was rich became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. One of the Americans' greatest, some would say, greatest preachers, teachers, theologians in our time and generation is Jonathan Edwards. And Jonathan Edwards in his sermon called The Duty of Charity to the Poor where he explained and reinforced this very principle of the grace of God. And one of the things that Jonathan Edwards says is that the Christian should care for the poor because it is an obligation resulting from the presence of God's grace in our life. Jonathan Edwards says when you understand God's grace, 
when you understand it, what this grace really means. I'm, 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 I'm starting to kind of, I'm asking this question of being back here in Birmingham and, and, you know, because God's given me the benefit. I preach all over Birmingham and I'm over the mountain and I'm back over the side. So I'm in all of the PCA churches and I, I'm putting the question out there a little bit more because I'm 50 years old and I don't have that much time. So I might as well just go ahead and say it because who knows how long I may live. <laughs> and, uh, I say, guys, I, I, I there, there's something missing here. I see the wealth. I see what I see. And I see churches. But I don't understand if this grace thing is really embraced like it should be embraced. I don't see enough Apostle Pauls. <laughs> I don't see people eagerly um, trying to take a gospel to the, to the poor in our area because if, we, if that was happening with all of our churches, man, we wouldn't be 30%, one of the highest in the land. There's something going on here. But Jonathan Edwards would say, when we understand this grace in our life or in our lives, he says, it draws us out of ourselves and into unselfish acts of service to others because we see God as supremely beautiful. I end with this story. Uh, I'm just a kid from Selma. Grew up poor, still poor. And, and you know, I don't have a whole lot. I know I've got some knockoff shoes here, whatever they call them. And, but... Never had a whole lot. My mother and father were dirt poor in Selma, illiterate, um, what we call plant, um, uh, what do they call that? Sharecropping. Had to pick hay in the morning, walk to school 20 miles one way, walk back, our house, the whole nine yards. That was my 12 years of upbringing before I moved north. But um, we're in Fairfield, you see on the highway, you see a lot of homeless guys, and, and they're getting younger and younger. They're not 56. They're, 20, 22 and 23. I've been in three half years, probably met over 50 young people who are homeless in their teens, 20-somethings. And number one thing, no father, no mother, board of family, mother's on drugs. It's just a whole array of things. And So anyhow, we met this young man. We got some what we call some campus outreach guys who come to us through campus outreach. We had about 10 of them. They moved into the neighborhood. And uh, we're preaching the gospel, and this is what our vision is. And they're growing in that and understanding what does it really mean to be a New Testament believer and to take on this Apostle Paul thing that he says. But anyway, um, you know, if you ever go to the store in Fairfield, it's not, it's not, uh, not uncommon a guy to be standing there, hey, can I get a dollar or two or whatever, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, uh, one of the young men, uh, young men, a uh, part of our, his name is Chris. Chris is big-hearted guy. He's really falling in love with the gospel even more. And when they had the opportunity to all go back to their schools or go back to their homes and different places where they came from, because we asked for a one-year commitment when they moved into Fairfield, all of them declined to go back. They said, we don't want to leave Urban Hope. We want to be here. God is doing something. We've never heard the word preached like this. Man, this is, this is right where we want to be. Thank you, Mom, but I'm not coming back home. I'm making my living here and all of that. So we praise God for... Um, um, what God is doing at campus outreach because there's bringing all of us, these guys. But here's what happened. So Chris meets a homeless guy. He's about 24 at a gas station. And the guy's asking for money. And because of how we've been preaching, and, and, and the guy says, hey, can I get some money? 
or something like that. And, and then Chris said, well, I can get you something to eat, something along those lines. And, and, but you, would you come to church? And the guy says this. He says, come to church. He said, church people don't want guys like me in their church. He said, they're the, they're the worst ones. They would never want me in their church. And Chris says, our church is different. You should come. Make a long story short, this homeless guy, uh, his mother abandoned him. He was a little boy. And anytime he starts talking about it, tears starts running down his face. There's a lot of pain. Don't know what that feels like to have your mom say, I don't want you. But he's been coming to Urban Hope Church. And Urban Hope is connected with you know, all of the PCAs. And so, like I said, we're doing ministry among the urban poor. We're not just giving stuff away. It's really bringing them in. And he's been coming for now almost two months. And um, the guys, the house that they're living in Fairfield, they took this guy in. This guy starts living with them. His whole countenance started changing. He doesn't have any identification. So we put him in our network, and so now we're finding all of his identification. And, and, and by July, he's going to be living with, in our house full time where we're going to get him a job. He's going to be working. That's the gospel on the ground. Hands and feet, tangible. This is what Paul, now, can I do that overnight? Quickly, no, it takes time. It's a process. And so I just tell you that story. Um, this is what I think Paul is saying. And, and, and we understand. I said, God, outside of the grace of God to us, that's what we would be. And so I just share that story with you. But with that, because of time, let me close with prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word, the truth of the gospel. I thank you that you allow for these men in, in Jerusalem to have this conversation and, and for the apostles to remind Paul and Barnabas to remember the poor. So that even here on this day, God, that we could see this and get insight into your heart. Because the truth of the matter, Father, we're all was poor. And it's because of Jesus Christ that we are rich. We've been made well because of your sacrifice. God, help us to live into this in a deeper way, in a greater way, so that we would be like Apostle Paul, enthusiastic, eager to take the gospel to the poor. It's in your name we pray.